So here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so happy to be joined by one of the great Melee historians of our time, and probably forever, we have Edwin Budding, who is the author of this amazing book. It's in reverse, but the Book of Melee, you know, this is in a fantastic book that I got very, very recently. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's not to the point, and this will be my first question here, Edwin, as we get started, that the sales for this book as of now since it's been out for a little while is it to the point where every time you get like a little ding you go yes because for a little while i'm sure it was just so much and you were overwhelmed by the support of the community you were going okay a lot of dings a lot of a lot of notifications i think the best way to describe the book is that i think it um first off i'm happy i wrote it and i'm so touched that you read it you enjoyed it that you take appreciate that you appreciate it for what it is. I think it's interesting reading what I wrote in the past and spent so much time on because my relationship with the scene is so different now than what it was back when I wrote the book. And as a result, my perspective on how I tell things has evolved and, and changed a good amount too. But much of the same foundation is there as well. So as far as like measuring the book's content as well as how it's received, I always feel like when when I get reminded of the book of the book, I'm reminded of my younger self a lot and how I used to view Smash, and still how I view Smash today. I'm sort of reminded of my building blocks and the people that have been there, followed me back then, supported me. Um, as far as your specific question on like whether the ding or notification gives me anything, yeah, I mean it's it's definitely awesome. Sometimes I forget that I wrote the book, then I get an email like an Amazon. <laughs> payment or something and it hits me like wow i actually wrote it i had i think uh, it's difficult for me to put it in words because i had spent so much of my life working on that book i spent three and a half years of my life work working on writing it while i was working another full-time job and really um and it wasn't easy it was like i'd, I'd be spending double digit hours a week working on this thing that I that I wanted to take I wanted to push this hobby as far as it could be without you know quitting my job and everything for it at the time right so it's almost like it's almost like I didn't even write it you know but but I did and <laughs> and I get reminded of it it's, well if, it's a if you're a deep diver in the melee community then you would know that writing a book is not as easy as you would think it is initially this is a referral to Mewtwo King it's okay take your time but the all the all that to say is you finished it and yes in many ways it was just such a culmination of a lot of work and time and effort and passion but then you just start doing the next thing like the day after it gets published you're like okay now i'm just doing something else so oh right yes that did happen i kind of i kind of understand that a little bit with like certain podcast episodes when i'll go back occasionally to scroll back i'm looking for something a link in one of my previous podcast episodes i'll go oh my gosh i forgot i had on turned out for walt like oh shout outs to turned out for walt by the way very very happy with the shirt so far anyway i'll just go oh yeah that's right that happened what did we even talk about but like that was a few months ago or several months ago by now so i know what you mean i wanted to ask you a little bit about the formation of the book but you covered it well I also wanted to do another origin story related question, which would just be, 
do you think that it was more of the game itself or the community that inspired you to write the book? Honestly, at first it was the game. That's 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 the genuine truth. I saw so much of the game that um So before I got involved in the scene as as a writer and contributor and content creator, I guess the best way to put it. I was a local TO and I I was a player in my co collegiate scene and I I really loved the game a lot. There's so much about melee just like you know in the in the and the bits about the game and like how you actually play it that was so unique to melee from every other game that i've ever played like the level of uh the level of depth to it the i think that i think the best way i can put it is every video game tests you on a certain like it tells you a certain set of skills right and then you have to learn a skill and then you have to apply it and i think that that very concept is just it's so prevalent in melee more than like any other game i've ever played and that was the that was the main thing that that initially drove me to start thinking about writing about melee and i had the idea of maybe writing a book about it but as i delved into the community a little more i think the level of cultural preservation we have is so different from any other gaming community as well so it went from being drawn to the game itself to understanding the level of cultural preservation that was taken in, in sort of continuing this tradition of playing the game and documenting it. So one of my big inspirations, and in, in even before writing the book, but just writing about Melee history in general, is actually Juggle Guy, the big house TO and the former writer for the year in review series on Smashboards that he used to do. And I just love that because coming from a background in sports writing and just as a big sports fan, I think um, cultural preservation is just so important. And it's, it's part of why I love so many hobbies that I do. Like I'm a big football fan. I'm a big basketball fan. The Book of Basketball by Bill Simmons was one of my inspirations when it came to writing the Book of Melee. Uh, not so much the misogyny, but just the, the pop culture <laughs> references, the you know, breaking down of the greatest players ever. You know, it, it was, you know, for all its flaws, I, I love the ambition of that book and sort of covering the the rise and development of the NBA. And I thought to myself at one point while writing about Melee history, I want to, I want this for Melee. Not every game has this level of, has this level of history to it. I, I want to give something Melee that would make it, that would cement it as different from every other game. And with my sports background knowledge, my love for the game itself, my growing understanding of the level of lore that exists in Melee, in so many regions too, not just national, uh, I I just knew that it was something I had to do. And I'm I'm so glad I did it. So since you come from a sports background, this is really cool to hear about. So I... I grew up loving sports first. I, I enjoyed playing video games. I obviously, of course, were here. So I loved playing video games, but I also loved rooting for the Eagles. And so since you like football, can we talk about the Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl real quick? Uh, we got to talk. All right, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about that. Thank I, you, thank you, thank you. I uh, So before the Super Bowl, the Eagles-Patriots one, um, well, first off, I'll, only, we should, I'll talk about the second one if we talk about the first one as well. Hey, I remember that. That was a tough day. Yeah. We can talk about that if you want to as well. 
No, no, it's okay. I, what I was going to say is that Wheat, one of my dearest friends, who's also a bit of an asshole sometimes, and he, and he, <laughs> one, of, one of my friends, he, he and I were talking a little bit before the Super Bowl, and he's never letting me off the hook for this. And I kind of, I kind of get it. Uh, I was being a bit of a spoiled brat. I told him, look, I really like Nick Foles. I like the Eagles storyline and whatever, but I just want Brady to get one more ring. Like you guys can win it, win another time. And he has never failed to bring it up at any time football has come up. And anytime we argue about something like Edwin, you said you wanted Tom Brady to win another ring in the Patriots. You are so spoiled. <laughs> He's brought it up nonstop every time we talk about football. You know what I remember from the first go around Super Bowl thirty nine. It was February something two thousand five. I was I was going to turn ten in October of two thousand five. So, what I remember was thinking to myself, how many times am I going to have to see Donovan McNabb throw to the other team, and still feel like we're in this game? It was so unbelievably frustrating. You guys had like a rough stretch of wide receivers too, like. What Todd Pinkston and like James Thrash or whatever. I not I know that year that the Super Bowl uh, appearance year you guys had To and everything, but I know he was a whole other headache later on after that after that season. Yeah, yeah those, are, those are some weird uh, Eagles years because you guys were always in the championship game and every and everything and just like I know you made the Super Bowl that one time, but I always thought Philly's relationship with Andy Reid was was so fascinating anyway sorry why am i talking about football this is one thing uh i, I should probably let you in, in on and any other listener a little known fact is that football history and specifically nfl history was one of my like biggest hobbies before i got into melee my dream uh before it shut down obviously was to write for grantland so naturally i you know in melee i i wanted to start like the grantland of melee or have some kind of grantland-esque contribution to the niche so that's a little known fact about me that i know as much if not more about nfl history than melee history i love that that's so cool so i know i know enough about the eagles history but in general the entire nfl that's very impressive i guess it's just it's the first thing, right? Because you're not raised to love Melee. Maybe nowadays no. you'll be, or my children will certainly be raised to, to love Melee. Shouts to Ellie and Ezra. They will love cool. Melee, dadgummit. So you you get shown football, you get shown sports, you get shown other things. And yeah, this, this, uh, and when you're excited and passionate about it, the personality that you have. But then it's really cool to hear how it was if you wanted to start Grantland for Melee. It was it was interesting to me, as I recall, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. But didn't Wheat and Ambi Sinister more or less recu recruit you into like a what would soon become Melee stats? They're like, yeah, we want you to like do stat stuff for Melee with us. You you're close to it. So Wheat and Oven, I believe. I believe the Melee stats lore is that Wheat and Oven that Wheat posted in the Melee subreddit about looking for people who wanted to join a Discord all about stat collection. And that was Wheat and Oven. I think I think it was actually Oven that created the Discord, but it was Wheat that launched the okay. public yep. mm -hmm. And after I was one of the first people to join because me and Pika were the Smash History nerds at the time. So we had a huge database of 
just like obscure set results. This is I'm not talking just like Smashboards or SSB Wiki. I'm talking like this is when Nintendo Dojo was still around. So we had bracket results from that that we were looking at. Oh, those were the days. Now that now the the part that you got the other way around was that I recruited Ambi. But <laughs> I, I went out of my way because at that time, uh, Ambi and I went to college in Connecticut with each other. Um, at first, I thought he was a little shit. And now I still think he's a little shit, but I love him to death. And he and uh, I'm sure he would say the same for me. And at the time, after I graduated school and he was still in Connecticut finishing his last year of Yale, um, we just got a lot closer over over uh, like Facebook and whatnot. We started talking more often about Melee results and everything. We, we had similar interests outside of Melee also. So we, we became pretty good friends. And I put in a good word for Ambi to Wheat and the Melee Stats Discord guys, because Ambi was also following results, but he just, he like, he wasn't on Reddit or anything like that. So I kept telling Wheat, like, yo, we should invite Ambi to the Discord, because at that point it wasn't like a public server anymore. And eventually, I think in like March or February of 2017, Wheat sent, sent Ambi an incredibly formal email, like, hello, Ambi Sinister. Would you like to join the Melee Stats uh, Discord server? We do a lot of data collection. <laughs> and he ended up joining. And the, re the rest is history. Now us three are like best friends. There's everyone else in the Discord who I can shout out if given enough time and everything. Towards the end as well. Towards the end, we got to keep the people who want to hear their name yeah. keep listening to the end. That's the audience retention for anyone who came over from Melee Stats, which, by the way, if you have, if you're here, I love the fact that you're here. Thank you for supporting me and Edwin. So I wanted to, I wanted to try to cover at least somewhat briefly the different things that you do. There's Waiting for Game, which is a great podcast that has recently delved into doing one-on-ones, which... I have obviously have a lot of uh, passion for and love seeing more of that in the podcasting space for Melee. And in general, Melee podcasts have kind of all just sort of come out of nowhere since the end of 2020, the beginning of 2021. But also, you write Monday Morning Marth. You also help to produce the videos that go into the Melee Stats YouTube channel. And, of course, run a very active Melee Stats Discord, a great place for tracking results, saying so-and-so beat so-and-so in the pride lands of netplay. So, what I miss? <laughs> well, I I'd also like to give a shout-out to the Scrimmages channel. I don't know how, you know, based on how everything outside is going, I don't know how long Scrimmages is going to be around for, but, you know, the, the Scrimmages, aka the, the, the real-life locals channel, everyone in there, shout-out to self-flagellate. Um, no, I think you pretty much, I think you pretty much na nailed it. Those would be my main contributions. Um, I think I, I worked on Wen's Melee for a little bit after, after Ding passed it off to me. And now obviously Pika writes Wen's Melee. She's doing a fantastic job with that. Shout out to Pikachu942. Yeah. Former guest of this lovely show. I think, um, I think you pretty much nailed it. You know, if, if I can just add one thing that I, I think would be of interest to you and your, um, you and your listeners and viewers and whatnot, I actually, um, actually, my goal with the book was that it would be like a leapfrogging point for me to finally have some kind of resolution with my contributions with the community. And then I would move out of that and, you know, maybe not necessarily find another esport, but find another hobby to like move on to because Melee had dominated so much of my life. Oh, Edwin. <laughs> uh, and it turns out I was just in really deep and that. I saw here I'll I'll put it to you this way. 
when I released the book, I had I had this vision, right, for like the way that melee content could go, specifically like melee content based on cultural preservation and telling stories, right? I had this vision of a like let's say the sun is far off in the distance, right? And I knew that like maybe my book hadn't reached the end of like the end of the road. It hadn't solved the melee content like history meta or whatnot. But I knew that it had pushed the boundaries of like the it had the ambition to go really far into territory that, you know, while melee content creators before me had gone far enough, I knew I thought to myself that I had put a new like I I had staked my ground somewhere that other people could follow me and do so, and do something better or just different in another way, right? And this that's the thing that I think um I'm most proud of more than just anything selfish, honestly, which is funny because as I said before, like the thing that inspired me to write the book was more about my view on the game. But I think seeing all the like results nerds, but all the historic historian type people come a bit after me, like talking about greatest of all time debates, the best sets ever and whatnot. And even some, even seeing a lot of my friends, like, like I was just talking about Ambi earlier, but like him making the Prince Abu versus Plup video and launching the era of historical melee video essays. I mean, like I, I, I would, um, I'm so proud to be part of this tradition of just preserving the game and its history in a variety of formats. And I, I'm glad I contributed in a way that I'm glad I contributed in a way that pushed the melee history meta, I guess is the way it's the nerdiest way I can put it. Yeah, because there are p plenty of people who want to push it in other ways, people who want to actually be good at the game or become better TOs or to enjoy it more. It's just like I, I love traveling and I love going to different events across the United States or worldwide. There's so many ways to enjoy melee, something that I remember Ambie Sinister saying, just like find something some context to enjoy melee through and if you're doing that that's you know don't let anybody else pressure you to enjoy melee any other way if you love items on go for it i mean that was yeah maybe a slightly <laughs> i still don't see you know it's funny I, I still don't see items on tournaments in that play and i wonder why <laughs> but it's still i mean melee can be enjoyed in so many different ways including okay. preserving the history stuff and like what melee was like in a snapshot I want to give a shout out to a new video that dropped today, so I wouldn't be surprised if you haven't seen it yet, but Seth Loves to Talk made a video about just an overview, a brief overview of the history of modded controllers, GCC controllers, the GameCube controllers specifically, of how in 2015 people started going, yeah, these controllers are really getting, they're like really hard to get a hold of, and then all of a sudden today, for $500-ish, you could have the sickest controller ever and it's because there's this very much evolutionizing community of people who want to take your average stock controller and turn it into a wild creation so like and that is a great way to enjoy the game as well yeah i mean it's such a microcosm right there's so many ways of contributing to the scene and and i think the just kind of just a yes and what ambi is saying i think at the at the heart of melee like at the heart of the community and this is someone who and like i'm saying this as someone who like grew more attached to my friends in the community uh, or and to the like the, the tradition of of preserving things and like contributing to the scene in different ways because i think that like i think that like the the real 
test of being a smasher is if you're willing to create something beautiful in your own way for the scene. I really see it as like a camaraderie thing that all of us are brought together by this game, but and not just a willingness to test each other in competition and not just a willingness to play the game for our own reasons, but a willingness to create something beautiful toward it, right? And that could be creating something in media. It could be, you know, creating a channel for people to enjoy, enjoy Smash content. It could be something as simple as TOing your locals. I really think that just like what makes Smash different and what I, what I really hope stays about our community is our willingness to create beautiful things around the game. And not just to take it for granted, because I don't think, I don't think melee players ever take. I, I think, well, that's that's not true. I I think as as much as melee players sometimes act like we take our game for granted, at the end of the day, I think, uh, I think, I think we don't. Or and I think uh, we'd be wise to not, because it takes all of us to to make this game what it is. I don't want to pick on Scar, but I was just reminded while you were talking about the take melee for granted thing of how Scar has recently tried to, not like right in the past couple of days, but in these past few months has sort of like taken some lessons from Mango, trying to get better, wants to kind of aim for top 100, and it's just talking about everybody just holds down and that kind of stuff. And then when there was a Scar and Toph show and SFAT was on, SFAT said, it sounds like 2021 Scar just wants to get back to the times of 2000 and 2008 Scar or just wants to get to all of that high-level play without actually doing the work that it takes to get to that sort of thing. And Scar goes, yeah, I don't want to do all the hard work. Who can I pay to make this happen? But even Scar, who then goes around into Smash Summit 11 and delivers extraordinary commentary along with along with lovage and tof and homemade waffles and of, of course it was a great top eight for summit 11 in particular that's that's where melee just ultimately just like helps you to appreciate it in in some way even if there's times where you're going can i take shortcuts or is this something that i really truly care about right in this moment or am i kind of coasting I love that you pointed out Scar because that guy, you know, say what you want about him, not necessarily always being up to date on results or, or, you know, having up and down motivation as a player. As far as a contributor goes to the scene, that guy really put in a lot of work. You know, he started off as like a very popular player who people loved watching style on other people. Then he became a very strong, a strong competitor who made top eight Genesis. Then and around that same time, he was helping TO events. He was seeding. He was seeding tournaments. He was involved in the scene in so many ways. He he just had. He was a visionary. He he saw what Myom could be. He he pushed it. He and a group of other people helped bring melee back to the back to the big stage. He commentated. That guy has been involved in so many different ways for the scene. So. If there's someone who is allowed to at least play the character of taking melee for granted and taking competing for granted, I think um, he's he's more than earned it. Absolutely, and I love hearing that you, even if you were not like always step for step involved in each leg of melee's history, because I mean you weren't around in 2002 when tournaments were just starting to pop up, but you've gone back and you've done all the legwork that you needed to because you literally wrote a book on it. It's not a big deal. So I wanted to do a light ripoff. I gave it a new name, so I don't think I'll fall underneath the wrath of you or the Waiting for Game podcast. I call this Pass Fail. 
I'll ask you some questions and you can give me your answer on it and I will just wait to tell you whether or not you passed or you failed. If you could try to keep it around 60 seconds per answer, we'll just we'll just go through them until we're done. There's probably like there's like five or six questions. Is that good? I'm fine, but let's do it. I'm down. Okay, so online majors in three years? Uh no, I I doubt it. I think I think three years the the I think three years the like social the like political climate I think will be much uh less tenuous. I I don't think I think like unless you count SEL as a major, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't necessarily count SEL as a major either because it's a weekly back to back to back. It's not an open bracket. Like major to me is more or less what I consider to be with where anybody can enter i mean summit is an exception to the rule but i feel like more often than not it has to be an open bracket okay slippy born melee player in the top five by what year so someone who joined in the slippy rollback era when does that person whoever it ends up being when did they get to the top five of the game it took zane about six years from from 2014 to 2020 to become number one i'll say like 2025 or 2026 sounds about right are dozens of controller options better as in the countless vendors that you can and artists you can find on the internet or a consistent like maybe three powerhouse organizations that sort of houses everybody and can just churn these out in terms of controllers from rectangle style to modify gcc to, to to all of it Honestly, I, I I would have never given this. Um, I never thought of it like this. Uh, you know what? Let's in an ideal world, I would I would like Smash to have more centralization and, and like more more collective distribution. But the way that the scene operates is so decentralized right now that I don't see any forced attempt at like centralization uh, working well. I'll go with the first one. The, the variety of variety of uh, contributors in that area right it's it's grassroots like everything else that's more or less what yeah. you're thinking mm -hmm. yeah i don't I, I you know in an ideal world i would love some like more sense of structure like a like a party type structure but i don't i don't think it would happen it goes against kind of like that our nature as a scene book of melee 2 good idea or bad idea good but give it some time like i i, I give it like a couple or a few years Marth representation in top 20. How many now or how many in a year? Whichever you want to answer for. Uh, Zane, Alistair, and Kadoran, I think, are going to stay there. Um, maybe maybe we see another another person go up. Uh, maybe maybe Rishi comes back once in-person in majors are around and really, really levels up. I'll say like, uh, I'll say like three to five. I think that, I think they'll, uh, let's go with three, three or four. I'll keep it safe. Yeah, three. Three. Sure. Pass. Congratulations. And now, instead of taking a minute to talk about whatever you want, again, we have to slightly repackage this so that the waiting for game people don't come after me, especially the Edwin Budding guy who does a great stock exchange. But anyway, uh, if you want to take 30 seconds. Right you don't have to worry about him coming after you. He's, he's here. Sorry, I'm leaning too much into that bit. Please take 30 seconds to talk about whatever you like. You can launch us into the next topic if you want to. It's all good. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, 
Okay, this is a bit more on a serious note, but I, I've been thinking about this a lot, right? I, I've been in the scene for a while. I, I mostly do a lot of writing on, on like, tournament re results and whatnot. And, uh, you know, take it from me, or take it from me, maybe, don't, if you don't want to listen to me, that's fine either. But, like, I think uh, the scene is currently is, is in kind of a weird place where we're at the tail end of a pandemic, but with a lot of uncertainty about the future. I think, I think we're, we've kind of gone online. And it's affected our scene for better and for worse in some ways and how we treat each other sometimes. And I, I would just like to see people be kinder toward, e toward each other. Even, um, it, like, I, there was a, there's a great saying by someone that I, that I really like that's, it goes something along the lines of be ruthless to systems and be kind, kind to people. And I think that's something that uh, people in Melee can, could really take to heart. It's something that if you were to tell to the average Melee player, I'm sure they would tell you, oh, Ruthless to the System, yeah, you know, screw Nintendo, we want to like be all about building up ourselves, and then when it translates into real life, there are, you hear about them, if you're in the community long enough, I mean, I certainly have, where there are just, there's there's friction, and there's there's not a, a unification of saying we all want to treat each other better, that there are people who would want to take a space that is awesome like melee and use it either for their own benefit or to just tear other people down around them for whatever reason i understand what you're saying i really like the saying my own way of looking at it is we are part of part of my <laughs> part of my view on this is affected by the social media platform that we're mostly on which is twitter obviously and i go how are we going to just subconsciously try train ourselves to be like better at not dunking on other people immediately when the platform more or less rewards you for doing that kind of stuff so yeah that would be a question i would have to you of like being like if there if you could get people to move onto something different what would it be did you know I, I think that's a that's a good launching off point i i want to i i heard what you said and okay. I, I think you bring up a good point that i'd like to work off i assume you'll edit this in the Postcast or so. I will somewhat edit that. I can probably see that. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Okay. okay. Well, um, I I think I, so. I, I it, it's funny that you mentioned Twitter because I think I think that's certainly certainly true. But I was actually thinking in terms of like, I actually think the insular nature of Discord sometimes makes for some very jarring expectations and jar and jarring uh like conflict ways of like. I think I think the insular nature of Discord is not necessarily great for for community building across a like a large swath of people. I think uh, just the way that the way that Discord operates and how people can like end up in how people can share similar hobbies but end up in completely different spaces and like be surrounded by different people is very is a I think I think it can lead to I think I think it can lead to not so productive echo chambers and sometimes like harmful influences, which is not great. And I think that sometimes like, you know, I, I, I think what I'm saying with regards to like when I'm saying be ruthless to systems and kind to people, I don't mean that as a means to because I, I think people say that some kind of thing sometimes to kind of dissuade any type of criticism towards people who deserve it or for people who truly do have to be accountable but I, but when I mention that, I don't mean it in like a judgy, like presumption of bad faith way. I mean it in a sense that I think that like, I think that I think that sometimes like, 
it's it's so easy to want to believe that someone else is operating in completely bad faith when they truly do not see eye to eye with you on one thing or when they when they're just coming from a completely different place and i don't know what the way to to solve that is i'm not saying i have the answers and i'm not saying that like anyone who sometimes is less than perfect is is like worth like if you get upset at someone else that makes you a bad person or whatever but i think that sometimes it's worth um it's worth putting yourself in another person's shoes and like imagining like 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 you don't know what's going on with someone else you you only know the way that their actions affect you and that is indeed very important i but i just think that like i think it's easy to sometimes take take things and the i i'll put it this way i i think a, a lot of people like they they come into the melee community or they 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 navigate in the melee community with a lot of hurt and a lot a lot of like real stuff outside the game that that sometimes carries into the community and i think it's it's worth kind of recognizing that sometimes and understanding the difference between like the difference between maybe like maybe you don't maybe like maybe not maybe not um sorry i i it's really difficult for me to talk about this because I think I think it's a tricky line that you have to navigate where you don't want to sound like you're you don't want to sound like you're just caping for someone doing something bad and just like saying it's okay because they they provide some kind of benefit to you. You want to you want you want to genuinely like address real harm that people are going through and you and you and you really want to understand that even when someone acts in a way that you don't that you don't necessarily agree with or in a way that you don't that you don't think is productive that they are coming at it from a good angle and i think uh i think i think often sometimes it, sometimes people don't see it as a two-way street when it when it when it actually does um when that kind of thing actually does kind of feed in into itself and often in not great ways i mean we you, we we mentioned twitter as one place like that but i actually think discord the more i, I use it the more the more i'm kind of worried about like how it's impact on the scene and and it's I worry about its impact on like how different sectors of the scene can just have completely different goals and like different different perspectives that aren't always like compatible. I don't know about so I've been on t Discord for maybe a year, maybe a year and a half by now. Originally, uh, you know what? I'd rather not say why I originally joined. It was uh well okay no now I have to say I subscribed to Hungrybox at one time. I thought that that was a good way to support the scene, you know, and it is for some people, but then okay. I realized there are other people like homemade waffles who definitely, definitely deserves the sub on, on Twitch. I mean, so I originally wanted to get onto hungry boxes discord and then I just started getting on other discords and here we are. I've been on Twitter for a little bit longer than that, but I don't really think there's such thing as a perfect social media platform and it's so hard to it's so hard to reproduce any sort of feeling that you have when you are with people in person onto an online platform and the closest that you get is when you can see the person and you're talking to them but otherwise it's it's like exchanging emails with people at work nobody likes doing that but in order to get interaction that you want to enjoy through either a hobby like well, some people take Melee more seriously than a hobby, but you understand what I'm saying, where in a Melee-themed Discord and you want to talk about Melee, 
Nobody in your house talks about Melee or nobody in your neighborhood, nobody in your social groups that you're actually with in person. So you go online and you go, oh, this isn't what I expected for whatever reason. And then, yeah, you get upset. And of course, since we all have things that we carry with us that are that are less than perfect or the ugly side of ourselves, then that gets projected at a certain point as well. And it can, I think what you're saying with Discord is that it can spiral just the same way that Twitter can do that to to people as well. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say, I would say that absolutely. In, in Twitter, you you sort of see it out in the open if you look hard enough. But in Discord, just because of the nature of in the nature of like people creating servers, like it's people creating servers, you, you can end up like it. It sometimes creates mini echo chambers of different different places where like sometimes the people who really sometimes people who I I don't know I don't know how to put this without like. Because because it's a it's a very difficult line it's a very difficult line to navigate right like you don't want you, you like like it's it's um like people like people who mean to do good people who who mean to do good are sometimes like insulated from the places where they're like really needed and some and sometimes vice versa where it's like the people who really I. I, I don't know. I, I just think Discord, like, I, I've been thinking about, like, like I agree with you that I don't think there'll ever be a perfect online medium, but it's, like, we're not going to go back to internet forums. Like, internet forums have a similar level of, like, insularity that becomes a problem with how, like, people in a forum sometimes operate out, out of out of that space. And I feel like Melee right now has a, is going through a similar-ish problem to that. But it's not like people in, it's not like people in regional Facebook groups, right? Where, like, everyone, everyone's real name is there. Everyone has to talk talk there's the expectation that they'll meet each other in person i mean like i think during a time when smash has gone online like you have people you have people creating servers for just like various interests and in, in melee that that there's no like there's not like a material grounding of it like being in a region or something i mean sometimes there is but like other times it's not and i i just don't know if there's like a there's not like a good way to regulate that i guess but it, it, but it's also like we can't go back to the days of us using Facebook and all of us posting on the mail it on me page. And it's and it's and I'll I'll tell you as someone who manages it and or helps manage a semi like large Discord of hundreds of people, it's really difficult. And like a lot of times, like this is a hobby that that we that most of us do for free. And it's like when you're in a Discord with a lot of people, like sometimes those people aren't gonna get along. Like sometimes you gotta you gotta really like jump in and and stop a conflict right before it happens but because so much of this is on our free time it's like sometimes like you you show up and it's too late like someone's hurt you know some someone's coming in with real real shit and like other people are coming in like they they, they don't quite see it the same way you have to resolve conflict like it's very it's very nasty like i don't i don't know what the i don't know what the solution is i know i know it's kind of trite to talk about social media and like how we're all online and stuff but you know, even at the tail end of the pandemic, like we're, you know, maybe we have to. Maybe this is the mode that Smash has to remain in for a little bit longer. Like I, I don't know. It, it just seems like we're kind of out of practice, if, if that makes sense, right? We're out. Of, we're out of practice at, at, uh, at, uh, at minimizing infighting. Although, although infighting's always been there too. But I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of going on a stream of consciousness right now. I thought about this so much, but I've never reached a good resolution for it. If it makes you feel any better, any online community has to go through this. It's not specifically 
a melee yeah. problem. So there is sure. there is plenty of despair to pass around between every human being who goes online. And then the other way that I that I think about remaining hopeful or remaining positive, other than acknowledging that yes, there is negativity, because you can't just fool yourself, otherwise you will crash really, really hard. But you acknowledge what is is wrong, but then you try to get into the mode of problem solving and understanding that some things either take a really long time to move an inch or some things can be resolved into, you know, take the little victories when they come along, that kind of stuff. I, I mean, I, from, from the faith that I have, I just, I, I always have felt like that when I interact with people on whatever, on whatever medium it is and whatever's going on, that even if, even if it's, something that feels meaningless there's 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 always meaning in something and you can always find positivity in something and if you can find that with somebody else then that's that's all all for the better we will have shortfalls and downfalls and it'll suck from time to time but i do feel like that i can just take all of that in and still be able to try to forge a positive pathway for myself and people around me yeah that that makes sense i think the thing that that's really made me think about this a lot more is just the fact that it's been a year since you know a a pretty big time of mass reckoning for the smash scene that ended up in a lot of good a lot of you know abusers were were put out of the scene and i think that's it unequivocally or i think that's like by far one one of the best things to happen but I think that in the wake of some of the pushback against against a very necessary part, like a necessary um, move step ahead for our scene, you know, with, with things like the disbanding of the code of conduct, and I think seeing how like we don't really have a structure of it, like anything close to a structure of a scene. We don't have anything close to the level of like I know the COC was basically like a guidance panel, but like it's still was socially authoritative in the sense that like people knew it existed and had a play there was a process and set of procedures that went around ruling a ruling on conduct issues and i think now like you know we're seeing tos talk together and like release statements together with regards to different player bans and with guard with regards to different rulings and and whatnot but i do think it has the same level of cohesion that the that the coc has and, and maybe that's something that they're trying to incrementally build toward bringing back or or recreating in a new way but you know I, i've been in the scene for for a while and i think uh now is one of those times where i think where it just like the more i think about it, the more i really miss the coc and the and the more i think that that like it was really necessary for the scene and it would be a shame if we didn't have if we if we didn't collectively learn from that experience and try to build something even better for next time I had Matt, on that's I, kind of what I've been thinking about. Oh, yeah. sorry for cutting you off. I I had on Brentos, who was on the COC panel a little, uh, so it was a while back. And this is one of the things that we talked about, just how going the COC was a benefit for the community. There are people who beefed with it for obvious reasons, but overall a very positive thing because accountability is one of the main ways to help with conduct issues because if we can't just take a screenshot of something send it to your local police department and say take care of this and they go yeah sure got you 
because that's obviously an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. Then you go, okay, well, what happens after that? Is there a, an official Nintendo support? No, there's not. So who is it left to? People who volunteer their time and resources, their own personal resources, pouring into trying to collectively help the community be able to address those sort of things. And the fact that there is not one as of now that has been disbanded since the end of last year and reading like the, the main reason being just being overwhelmed and not having any resources to work with was really sad for me because I, that's <laughs> a great, it is a great thing for that to, to, for that to exist within melee or in any online community. And we're saying goodbye to that. And it more or less just kind of, went away it wasn't something where everybody was going oh no let's do something and i i mean i didn't say anything like that right because i don't know how much i could really help other than trying to start conversations but at the time i wasn't really doing much other than watching melee but and following things along on twitter but all well, that's difficult i wouldn't blame i wouldn't blame yourself it's such a heavy undertaking like i think uh the ability to put personal time aside and and spend your free time in a way that has immense consequences for people within a community you know that's not an that's not an easy task i wouldn't envy anyone in in that position but i i do think it was a necessary um i i i just i think you pretty much hit it on the head i wanted to finish with like one of the things that i constantly like just try to remind myself is i want to make content that is uh, friendly and inviting to, to, to everybody. I want to try to put something out there that I would want to see, like, to, like that I would want to have my kids see someday, that my wife would want to see. I want to put out stuff that is mindful in continuing to just, like, even if it's, like, at a subconscious level, just push for something positive. It doesn't have to be a specific goal or anything. I don't normally say this is how we're going to do the thing today. But it, it, it's just more of like, uh, you know, trying to be controversial or try to go for likes and clicks and that kind of stuff. Always tempting, of course, because unfortunately it is easy to see after a while. Oh, so this yeah, is how I the me needle moves. Yeah. I, I wanted to add yes. And what you're saying that I, um, I fall into that all the time and I won't lie. I've, if you, so if you ask me and if, you know, if we're catching a drink at a major, if we're just hanging out in private or something, I'm a hater for things. I love hating on things. It's one of my favorite. If you've ever read a column by me, I love <laughs> tearing things apart. I love hating on things a lot. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm not saying I'm above it or that I'm, that anyone should, and that everyone is like a perfect compass that should be above. Like, right. That's, being. that's impossible. Yeah. <clears throat> But I, I do think it's worth being more honest with ourselves about, about that kind of thing and having channels where we can be honest about that stuff. And then friends along the way that you make that can that you say, I'm having a rough time right now, or they say, hey, we see that you're having a rough time right now. That's amazing when you don't feel like you're alone and struggling in something. Very inspirational podcast for me, aside from Waiting for Game, obviously, is the Wannabes podcast because it's JD and Wasabi being real with each other. And it just it makes it easier for me to 
be more willing to express my own emotions in the relationships that I have in real life or relationships that I've built through, you know, people that I've interacted with within Melee, not to like an extreme degree of like (laughs) a before and after picture of like dramatic difference, but it helps. So shout out to the Wannabes podcast. Yeah, I, I love Wasabi and JD. Wasabi and I have actually like been been talking a lot more this year. That's uh, um, because there's a there's a goal for 2022. Wasabi's got to make top 100. Yeah, that yeah that that bet is that that bet for sure is part part of why we've been talking. But also just in general, uh, he uh, he went to the same high school as one of my best friends from college. Uh, my best friend who actually got me into melee in the in the first place. Wow. So, crazy coincidence How about that yeah will's awesome i'm a big fan oh yes me too absolutely so to get in the direction of well yeah we've been well, i guess we started recording roughly 50 minutes ago so we can start to get in the direction of wrapping up i wanted to swing back around just real quick to the fact that i think that a slippy born player will actually be in the top five by 2024 you know want to know why i think that how come resources i know that it's harder than ever to play melee well because of the advancement of the meta but just because there's so many resources on it i think that someone who is able to of course have talent because that is a real thing but also have uh, like the insane work ethic i think of the thousands and thousands of new melee players i think someone has that potential to get there yeah I think that's more than reasonable. There's only one thing. I don't know if Mango and Hungrybox will still be around. Or maybe not Hungrybox, but like, I don't know. if What if Mango is still around? Like, let's say, let's say for arguments, like Mango finishes 2021 as number one. Okay. What if Zane finishes 2022 as, as, as number one or something? These two go, go back and forth or, and you know, maybe, maybe someone else that's just under that level finally finally reaches the top right like with the the resources being more available to everyone that affects the existing players in there as well that's my only uh i i can't that's my only reservation but i think like i i would be thrilled to see a slippy kid win a win a major or or like win a super major it was magical for me to watch zane win shine in person exactly. Because Zane is like the, the, not not truly in the sense of a documentary kid, but started around that time. That's the important yeah. part. Like someone who started in 2014, it took a while, but here we are. And it's not it's no longer just 2005 to 2007 era players like like Mango and Hungrybox was 2007, if I recall correctly. Yeah, around that maybe a little after. Maybe, uh, yeah, probably started already... doing better in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I was comp- like probably yeah. started playing, but wasn't producing good results just yet. Yeah. Okay, so to get in direction of wrapping up, we have a few things in common, as we found out. I mean, I've already heard, in some point in one of the podcasts that you've been on, that you love metal music. So that's a that's a that's a I'm a fan of metal music as well. So let's just point that out. Metal music is super cool. It's not like, a, for me, I don't listen to a ton, a ton of variety of metal music, but there is nothing better when you're feeling tired or when you need to get through an afternoon stretch where you want to just sleep to put on metal music and you just like, you're all set to go. Like all of a sudden you're ready yeah. to run through a wall. I, uh, I, I've gone down the like metal iceberg in in so many directions and that so when i when i was younger i used to take playing guitar really seriously so i was into obviously the classics 
like the, like you know the 80s 80s wave of like thrash metal and stuff like that then i got into progressive metal for a while like fun fact dream theater is one of my favorite bands ever then i moved at then in, in a weird way i moved out of progressive metal into the more like contemporary like you know this is embarrassing to say but like new metal alt metal direction like like deftones is another one of my favorite bands ever um then i got into like progressive death metal from there like opeth or something and then you get like you know my guilty pleasure gent bands like tesseract periphery and animals as leaders and all all that stuff i i was really into that before before melee i i still have a special place in my heart for that stuff and like deftones and dream theater are like two of my favorite bands ever and for me uh, a lancaster so i live in lancaster county in pennsylvania a Lancaster native band, August Burns Red, my personal favorite metal band to listen to. So shout out to August Burns Red. Okay. And we also have something in common where we both are, are married. We, we tied the knot. We have spouses, all that kind of fun stuff. And I'll, I'll just share for myself first. My wife and I, Jen, we will be celebrating our five-year anniversary on November 12th of this year. Very excited about that. Don't awesome. have it in place of the plans just yet but i'm very happy with how how it's been going so far so far so good shout outs to jen wait i don't even know if she's in no i don't think she's in the kitchen anymore but i love you jen so oh no she's here somewhere i just heard her laugh so shout outs to jen and and for yourself any big takeaways from the spouse life uh, that's coming to your head right now yeah, it's easy. Just just communicate well. That's it. Just communicate well and make sure uh this is always my go-to relationship advice. I'm not even a, I'm not even joking when I say this. I think for me, you know, maybe other people are different. I have to you have to there there's got to be like something about that you're uh something about your significant other that you admire that you wish you had, like something you could learn from that. Ooh. And for me, my spouse is the mo- one of the most independent, if not the most independent person I know. Like, like they will do anything. It, like, if, if they want something, they will go and get it, and they won't rely on other people to do it. That's the, you know, fun fact. In, in college, I was kind of all over the place early on. And after, after meeting my spouse, I, I made honor roll, like, every semester honor from there just because I got my, got my stuff together and was – so inspired by their independence. I love you, Kimberly. They've been doing a great job with our, our new dog, by the way, which I was reluctant to get, as I've told you on the show before, but uh, now now I love him a lot, and I love my spouse a ton. This is the Chance the Rapper segment of the program. I do have to talk about the dog for a second. This is a new thing. Go on to Edwin Budding under wait no ah, Edwin underscore Budding. You can see a picture of Arnold. So, what kind of dog are we working with here? Uh, half Dachshund, half Chihuahua. Tiny dog, tiny rat dog. <laughs> I have had my fair share of being around Yorkshire Terriers. So yes, yeah, the 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 tiny dogs are very very cute. Uh, I'm. I didn't own one in particular as a, as a child, but yeah, being around them a little bit in the teenage years, had some friends with Yorkshires and being like, okay, okay. But I really do love the big dogs. I'm afraid it's the Labradors. It's the German shepherds of the world and pit bulls. Like even though they carry a bit of a, a, a bit of a reputation, like pit bulls are very sweet. And when they're cared for properly are fantastic dogs to own. Oh, 
I I love big dogs also. It's just a we live in a we live in a one bedroom, so we thought a smaller dog would make more sense. And I know a uh, big dog's gonna be a lot to handle. And as a first oh, yeah. time owner, as a first time dog owner, I was intimidated at the thought of getting oh he's Okay. Okay. And Sorry. shout outs to Wisely, who also has come into pet ownership somewhat recently. I think, <laughs> I think, I think his dog chewed through his Ethernet cable or something like that, which is you know unfortunate to hear. But that's that's the whole thing with having a bigger dog, right? Like you were saying, sometimes the Ethernet cord is just gonna be what you have to replace when you have a bigger dog that can actually go through that in a hurry. Yeah, we had to uh, we had to move a couple wires out of the way. My uh, my whole computer setup here, we we had to readjust it a little bit so that Mr. Arnold couldn't come uh, to to chew town on them. <laughs> he was glad... going out for my shoes earlier. I'm glad that all of your equipment's still in place. And lastly, to uh, sort of wrap up, other than the the plugs, which we will get to in a second, the last question that I have for you is: Are you planning on attending any? majors or tournaments in person as we go into the fall here or are you just kind of doing what a lot of people are which is kind of trying to keep an eye on what's going on with the pandemic um yeah i i I signed up for genesis i signed up for genesis 8 next year i don't think i'm going to any any majors this year i had a sudden rush of fomo a couple weeks ago where I was telling, telling all, you know, my melee statements, God, we should just go to Riptide. Let's do it. Everyone's going. <laughs> and now I'm, I'm a little hesitant. I want to see, I want to see how things develop. I actually have a question for you, for you. Please, by all means. Thank you. It's about time. Somebody asked me a daggum question. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. So Cypher, you've had about 60 episodes, probably more than that, right? Actually, we're closing in on 90. At 90. How come it took you so long to bring me on the show? Surely I surely I was one of the more most important guests. But you're telling me there's 90 people in the scene that are more worthy of everything? You're telling me you're having having my useless friends, Ambi, give me that wheat and Pikachu 942 on before me? You're having fire on before me? I'm surprised you didn't have Oven and Fairfax on before me, or, or YCZ. Here I was, every week, when am I getting that Cypher DM? I, surely this is the week. Then I see, boom, Firepuff, Firepuff on, on Cypher show. I'm like, oh, okay, I see. I'm just not important. <laughs> I, I'm, in the middle of the, I'm in the middle or lower end of the Melee Stats Cypher PR. Great. It broke my heart, dude, but I'm happy to be here. I think, I think it was fun. It's fun talking to a fellow Meadowhead metalhead fellow married person whatnot and, and i was a little jealous fellow, and important and most importantly a fellow melee fan okay so i can answer this question if you have time yes i do right so when i was becoming more and more aware of melee stats fun fact i was not super aware of melee stats when i had weed on it was because of his article on pg stats that i was like oh hey can i have you on he's like sure and he's talking about melee stats while we're interviewing and i'm like what is melee stats? But then as I continue to learn more, I'm like, oh wait, I know melee stats because I've seen their videos before. Okay, oh, and I'm just connecting dots because I'm getting more and more involved, right? I'm going down that melee deep dive. And so obviously it's extremely clear that I want to have the Edwin Budding on the podcast. And I'm going, yes, this would be fantastic. Oh, 
he wrote a book. Okay, so I should probably get that book first. I should probably do that first because that would be good reference material. I would get to know him more just as a writer and also appreciate the, the just a work of art that the book is, which, by the way, you can still get on on your favorite Amazon URL, for the record. That's where I got mine. Anyway, I started to then put too much pressure on myself to ask you to come onto the podcast. I was literally thinking to myself week by week, I was like, I should really ask on Edwin. Like I had on. So like, you were oh, so nervous to have me on? No yes, way. Yes. Oh, stop it. No way. I don't buy that. <laughs> I don't buy that for a moment. No, no way. I, I have to tell you, I, I tell you, this is this is, this is very funny because it's been like a running gag with with me, we, Ambi, and like even some of our patrons. I was like, God, who's 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 Cipher gonna have on before me? This guy just hates me. And like, if you if you know me, right, like like I'm I'm very intense, right? I'm like, God, why isn't Cipher? He knows, he he knows. He, he's just putting he's putting me aside because he thinks it's funny that he's excluding me from the show, and everyone else thinks it's so funny because it's like you're totally like the the nicest person and like the most positive vibes person, but then you just have me like Mr. Intense, like God, where is he? He knows, he has this power over me. Cipher <laughs> is too powerful, and my patrons would be like, dude, chill. Like he's probably gonna ask you on at some point why don't you just message him and i was like no dude i'm in too deep (laughs) i'm in too deep this is a game of cat and mouse between me me and cypher we're beefing it was it was so funny oh my god no i'm really glad to be i'm glad to be on now i think we have a good like i have i think we have enough in common to where uh our opposite sides of the same coin are a very funny funny match between just like the most intense human being in the Smash community and like the 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 most all over the place but weirdly deliberate communicator and just like a very positive, a very controlled, very just like a natural speaker, right? I, I think it's a very funny combination we have. I, I hope the listeners and, and viewers enjoy it. Uh, especially because this is more proof in different different walks of life yet still similar-ish. Yes, and you know, I really need to let more of my personality out on the camera because I, <laughs> and the microphone, because like if you put me in like a competitive game, in Melee, I can be very competitive, but I understand my place. However, I feel like I can play Ultimate Frisbee pretty well. And when I was seeing all the Melee players playing basketball at Summit 11, I was just thinking to myself, Man, I can't play basketball that well, but I would just wipe these guys all over the floor because I'm actually willing to play. Like hardly anybody's <laughs> going for rebounds except for except for except for Two Saint, who, you know, shout outs to Two Saint. But yes, I can I can be a little bit intense sometimes as well. But like on the on the microphone and on the camera, I do project myself more to being a little bit more deliberate, a little bit more gentle because I feel like that's what I would want to uh, hear from a melee person because I know I know the passion that we all have for melee. I know how awesome it is, how awesome the game is, that kind of thing. But then I thought, I just want to I just want to just try to be a, of a more welcoming attitude. And somehow, if I like, if I'm intense too much, it's not as welcoming. I don't know. It goes no, back to what we were talking about actually, earlier. Hmm? Actually, makes me like you so much. You know why? Because my thing. 
my thing, all the people I get along with, or like so many of the people I get along with, and even even my spouse is included in this, right? I love quietly intense people. I can like sniff that stuff out when I meet someone. Like if if someone is very like in in person, like I just I, I'm just meeting you now, right? So I don't like have, but now that you told me, I'm always gonna be looking for that. I love quietly intense people. Because like I'm not a I'm not very extroverted, but I'm very expressive. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. No, I feel that. So when I meet someone who's who's like reserved, but like a sense and intense kind of energy, I love it. I love just like needling people and bringing that like and and not not needling. I'm I'm a nice person, but like <laughs> I love I love bringing out people's intense minds. See, this is why me me and Ambie are, are like best friends. This is why me and Weep get along. These these two are like quiet. They're like chill people, but they're like quiet. Or, well, Weed is more chill. Am Ambie's not chill, but like Weed is very <laughs> relaxed, but he's got like a quiet intensity with him. Ambie Ambie is not like not like relaxed, but he but he also has a quiet intensity. I just like love love that stuff in people. I love I love bringing people to that that like point point with me. And Edwin, I, you I, should I, see me rock through the streets of New York City sometimes. I swear, everybody walks too slow. <laughs> You know, you were bringing up basketball before. I think it's so funny. I had a similar like response before and after, where I was telling, uh, I was telling my spouse, like, you know, I would never be able to do this. Like, I would just humiliate. I know I'd be the worst person. But let me tell you, even athletic smashers that I saw, like, what was Zoo doing? Zoo wasn't even throwing <laughs> screens. He wasn't boxing out. Zoo, Zoo is an athletic guy. It's not that he doesn't like, la like, he doesn't go to the gym or anything. He just like looked like he had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> You see, my my Marth mentor and someone I admire a lot, Logan. Logan looked lost. He had to take breathers. Poor guy. Uh, I I love them, but uh, there there's so many players on the court. Like even Mango. I thought Mango was gonna look a little better than that. That was his free throw motion was atrocious. <laughs> uh yeah. So like I'll just have I'll just take pride in like playing playing pickup ultimate frisbee and be down mm -hmm. four points to one and make a comeback to win five to four because it's first to five like there's there's a there's a particular game that i remember very clearly and i'll remember for a long time because of like me saying to all the people on my team like we are not going down like this we are going to make this comeback and it happened hell yeah that's what i'm talking about see that's that's like quiet intensity gone loud intensity i love it this is the kind of stuff i lo love to hear you know, I'm trying to bring out a little bit more personality, but we'll get there. We'll get there. In the meantime, for all of you at home, please buy the book of Melee and go to patreon.com slash Melee stats and drop all of the disposable income that you have to support all <laughs> kinds of different projects that Edwin Budding is involved with, along with the rest of Melee stats, YouTube content, Monday Morning Marth, Wednesday Melee. And continuing to be motivated to run a somewhat, a somewhat up and down Discord of like saying, "Hey, everything's super cool." Oh wait, hey, everything's super cool again. So all of the different things that Edwin is doing, all that kind of stuff, and also, please, Edwin, tell the people where they can find you and how else they can support you. Yeah, so you can follow me at Twitter.com/slash Edwin underscore Budding. But one one other thing that I forgot to mention before you were talking about things I was involved with, I do something called Last Night in Melee. So every day I report the previous night's results of, of different Melee tournaments. So if you want to know what's going on in Melee at any given day or what happened the day before, do follow the Twitter account for Melee Stats at Melee Stats Pod. Um, we, last night in Melee, again, just recapping what happened 
literally last night in melee for notable turn results. Who won what and who did they beat? That's really that's really the best way to put it. So I drop want... a favorite or a harder or whatever for every single one of them that I see on the timeline. I love that. It's very helpful to me. So thank you for doing that. And one more time, despite the fact that I did at one point think that it would be a little funny if I somehow got practical tasks on here before you, but I knew that would never happen. Edward Bunning, thank you so much for joining me on Bottom of Smash Mountain. It's been, a, it's, it's been a long time coming. I'm so glad to be here. This is like the Gordon Ramsay episode of Hot Ones, where it's like, when is... Gotta get Edwin on the stupid podcast about interviewing people about melee. Of course, Edwin's you're, good for that. I don't believe you're a nerd. No way. I'm so hard. No, uh, no, it really wasn't. It really was a nervous thing. I promise you, because I, I did not reach out to people like Mango and, uh, and Zane to like start off the podcast. I at first I was like, oh, no one's gonna want to come on this, and then. JD and Wasabi said, yeah, we'll come on. And I was like, you will? And like, that's where I'm at, right? So like for me, it's a lot of imposter syndrome where I'm just like, I need to get to a certain spot before I can even ask somebody to go on. So like the respect that I have for you and what you do made me go, (laughs) and I feel bad saying that because I'm bad no 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 no. on the same on the same level i do respect amos sinister and and wheat and those those three are schmucks forget forget about that no i'm just kidding they're literally like (laughs) but uh no it's cypher i mean i want to go back to something i mentioned before because like i've I've really thought about this with melee the the fact that you have a show at all like all, all jokes aside the fact that you have a show and are willing to actually reach out to people to talk to them to hear from them you are already creating something that is beautiful or could potentially be even more beautiful in the future. And that, like, as long as you are willing to create things that add value and bring joy to other people in the scene, you are already doing your part in Smash. And anything anything to, like, like you could be doing so many other things, right? You could be posting about, like, what character you don't like on Twitter. Or you could be calling, like, a group of people dumb or, like, getting involved in things that, like, you you have competent knowledge of but you feel like you have to act like you know everything about it right like the fact that you're providing a space for for people and you're providing some kind of medium for people to share their stories in melee you know this is a skill that you are willing to develop and that you're clearly trying to develop for the benefit of the community so the fact that you're willing to put yourself out there and I, and I'm not saying like everything that's you you do has to be perfect like you're gonna make mistakes or whatnot. Like every mm-hmm. everyone knows, I, I still make mistakes. But like, like the fact that you're willing to put yourself out there enough, like that is, like you're already ahead of so so many other people, and that's like that's the mark of a true smasher, I think. Just to to fearlessly try to contribute things and to improve on them and to make sure they add like beauty and bring joy to the scene and other people. That's it. You're doing you're doing a good thing here. Well, thank you. I appreciate that positivity all around woo woo okay we can stop recording now say goodbye to everybody bye he's good